Grace be to you, and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this morning is recorded in the Gospel of John, our Gospel for today, in chapter 10. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired man, who is not a shepherd, does not own the sheep. He sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep, and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the sheep and scatters them. Because he works for money, he does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. (coughs) And I lay down my life for the sheep. I also have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock and one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. This is the commission I receive from my Father. And this is the word of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, Referring to our Lord as the Good Shepherd is a reference that comes up several times in the pages of Holy Scripture. It is a reference that is a comforting reference for Christians and is the traditional theme of this Sunday of the church year in which we pivot from looking at Jesus' appearances as alive after his resurrection to now what he does after his resurrection, now being uh, the good uh, as the good shepherd. Now, we just heard the 23rd Psalm, which emphasizes certain aspects of him being our good shepherd, and it's been a comfort for people for centuries, yes, for millennia, 3, 000, about 3,000 years ago, when David first wrote those words. Now, before us, we have... Uh, this gospel, which emphasizes a different set of aspects about Jesus as the good shepherd. Now, of course, in this picture, Jesus the good shepherd, who are we? We are the sheep. Now, it's kind of a idyllic scene, isn't it? Sweet sheep. But it also means you know, that we, like sheep, are vulnerable and not that smart. Now, sheep may be these cute bundles of wool. And, you know, that's part of the thing. And yet, they have no fangs, no claws, little instinct to defend themselves from any predator. They are quite vulnerable. They also can wander, uh, follow uh, another sheep. Uh, They can easily stray, get into situations where they can't get out of. Growing up on a farm in Nebraska, we had sheep for several years, and one of the jobs every evening was to count the sheep back in the main pen because uh, one or more of them might have stuck their head in a hole in the fence and they can't, couldn't get it back out. 
So unless you, okay, oh, 34, not 35. Okay, I got to go walk around to the back where the pasture was and find that one sheep or maybe one, two, and help them get their head out of the fence because they couldn't do that. That's sheep. That's the way they are. Now they follow one another. They'll follow a shepherd once they learn to know him, no matter where he leads. Hopefully he's a good shepherd, right? So part of learning to follow Jesus involves recognizing that we are lost and vulnerable and helpless creatures. Not a particularly comforting thing, and yet this is the way it is. Another part is learning that Jesus is the good shepherd that we need. He's the one we need. So we're going to look at these words of Jesus, who answers the question we're going to put before us very well. What makes Jesus such a good shepherd? Again, we've said this picture gives a lot of comfort and hope to Christians. Um, as many other pictures, you know, God has pictured his relationship with his people, his saving work in many different ways, and this is one of them. Um, one of the reasons this fits is that we too, like sheep, face a very powerful predator, who is the devil, or the leader of them is the devil. Now, in this picture here, Jesus is painting. Uh, he pictures one particular predator of sheep, the wolf. Now, there are others. David would talk about a bear and a lion. But the wolf is particularly, uh, he's there, and a wolf is a very powerful predator. They can take down a prey larger than themselves. So, when they happen a bunch of sheep, wow, this is their lucky day. These sheep are helpless, and they won't, they won't defend themselves. And so if they see a, a flock of sheep, an unguarded flock of sheep, they will uh, have their fill. They will kill and, and eat. So it becomes one of the main jobs of a shepherd to protect their sheep from predators. Now, David, we had mentioned before, he wrote the 23rd Psalm because he was a shepherd in his younger years. And he was explaining to Saul why he should be allowed to go up against the giant Goliath, uh, why he feels that you know, the Lord is going to help him. He said, you know, when I was shepherding the sheep, there one time I killed a bear. Another time I killed a lion because they were coming after the sheep. Uh, he put himself, you might say, between the sheep and the predator to protect the sheep, risking his life in doing so. I mean, which of you would take on a bear or a lion? And he did, and, and killed them. Uh, <clears throat> now, this picture of protecting sheep from predators is one that would be familiar to the people of Jesus' day. There were shepherds. You know, that was an important occupation. Shepherds were kind of looked down on. They were stinky. Um, but still, it was an important thing for people to do. So Jesus says, in the same way as the good shepherd, he is ready to lay down his life for the sheep. And he did lay it down to rescue his sheep from the predator, the devil. 
But like so many of the pictures, this picture really kind of falls short of covering the whole story of this. Because in real life, if a shepherd sacrifices his life uh, trying to protect the sheep from a wolf, it's not going to do any good, is it? Because once the shepherd's dead, they will, the wolf will come and, and eat the sheep. But Jesus' death is different. His laying down his life was completely different. Um, he did it to ransom his people from sin, from death, from the power of the devil. Uh, he really laid down his life as a ransom to pay the price for those sins. Uh, <clears throat> and he might say he put himself, again, between the devil and us. Um, the devil is there. The devil really, by nature, already has us in his clutches and wants to take us off to hell to suffer as he will have to suffer. And, you know, we can't fend him off. So <clears throat> we can't do anything to fight off the devil. So Jesus puts himself between the devil and us. And he suffered greatly for that. He suffered the very pangs of hell that came because he was carrying our sins. Now, this is different from the picture again, because that was God's just punishment for sin. And Jesus took on our sin and faced that punishment. Facing the pangs of hell, because on the cross, his father abandoned him. And he was looking at the abyss of hell with no way to get out. It was terrifying. Uh, <clears throat> and then he gave himself to death. His life wasn't taken from him. He gave up his life. He laid his life down voluntarily. And that paid the punishment for our sins. And then he took up that life again. And that's what we celebrate particularly in this season. Took that up, broke the clutches of the devil and death uh, for us, and then this saves us, his sheep, from the devil. The devil no longer can snatch you, no longer can control you, can't hold on to you. The good shepherd has freed you, and he will raise you up on the last day. That's a great thing that our shepherd has done. That's what makes him so good. He has laid down his life for the sheep. Now, if you run into a shepherd on this earth, uh, a human shepherd, that wants to point you in some way other than Jesus, you've got to run away from that person. He doesn't have, have your interests in mind. Uh, <clears throat> he is like the hired man in our text, who does not have an interest in the sheep, only has an interest in himself. We should learn to recognize these hired men these false prophets, these false teachers, and, and stay away from them. Now, what do we do with this? We have, now, Jesus is uh, <coughs> the good shepherd, and, uh, <clears throat> and he is the only way, only one. Who is our good shepherd that will, has saved you from death, has paid the price for sins, has broken the shackles of death itself, uh, and certainly is the only one that can give you life again. So knowing this, what do you do with that? Well, first thing we got to do is, is admit 
Admit who we are. Admit that we are weak, helpless, sinful sheep. Recognize that we need Jesus as our Savior and Good Shepherd. And then, another thing we do is flee from anyone who would try to point us in a different direction, like the hireling in our text. Uh, Anyone who would try to turn you away from Jesus. Anyone who would try to turn you to your own efforts, saying, you can help. You can save yourself. You don't need God. Anyone who maybe put conditions on what it means to to believe in Jesus. Oh, you have to do this and this, which simply reduces what Jesus does. Uh, Makes it, again, what you do. And we just need to learn to trust what Jesus has to tell us in his word. Because we see another aspect. You know, okay, we say he's such a good shepherd because he laid down his life for the uh, people. He's shown great power in being able to take it up again. But there's another thing where he has shown great power uh, that he says he knows us. He knows us very well. Um, A shepherd in in Israel, for example, will get to know their sheep. If he wants to be a good shepherd, he'll get to know each individual sheep. Know which ones have a tendency to stray, so you can kind of keep an eye on them. Which ones might be kind of sickly and tend to get sick, and so you need to nurse them back to health? Which ones have you know any other kinds of problems or weaknesses so that they can help them and guide them? Because this is not only, of course, a shepherd can develop a very close relationship with his sheep, but also as a way that he promotes his own uh, livelihood. It's the success of his flock that gives him his livelihood. Um, the hired man, as Jesus mentioned here, does not have that interest. He does not get to know the sheep. He simply gets to know what is my, you know, the person who hired me. What do they want? What should I do to be able to do enough to get paid? And if it gets too dangerous, yeah, I'll just get out of here. Um, in the same way, Jesus has gotten to know everyone in his flock. And of course, we're talking millions of people. And they're people, not sheep, much more complex than sheep. And Jesus knows each one of them. He he knows your faith. He knows your sin. He knows your strengths. Well, he gave them to you. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your thoughts. He knows what you're going to say before you even say it. Uh, and so this knowing, he goes on to not just knowing, but caring. He is, a, he is a shepherd. He wants to care for you. He wants to do the things that will bring blessing to your life, that will, more importantly even, keep you in the faith, keep you as his sheep. And so he knows which special blessings would be good to send in your individual lives that will help you in uh, your life of service to him. He also knows what troubles and and, uh, hardships are necessary to let come into your life to 
lead you, to correct you, to call you to repentance, perhaps. Those are important and good things also. Uh, <clears throat> so, knowing that, what do we, what, how do we respond to that? Well, when blessings come your way, remember to thank him for those blessings that make your life easier. And then ask him to help you in using those blessings in your life of thanksgiving and, and service to him. And when troubles come into your life, learn to accept them as something through which your good shepherd wants to work some good in your life. And perhaps you can ask him, help me to see what you want to teach me through this hardship. Now that's what it means to accept Jesus as your shepherd, knowing that he knows you. Because, see, it's not a one-way street. Jesus knows you. He knows each one of you and every one of his sheep, but you know him. He says, uh, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. You know, we have, we as his sheep have come to know him through the word that he has caused to be written down, that he has inspired to be written down uh, for that very purpose. The word's caused to be written about him. There is no other way for us to listen to Jesus. He's not physically with us today, only through his word. Now, we look at that word, there's many ways, many forms that he uses to Tell about himself. There are the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're the ones very clearly lay out, okay, this is how Jesus was born. This is what he taught. This is what he did. These are the miracles he performed. This is how he died. And this is how he rose again. Clear history of these things that he did to lay down his life and take it up for you. But in fact... All of Scripture is about Jesus. Jesus once told you know, the Pharisees, you search the Scriptures, but you're missing the point because they testify of me. Martin Luther always said, you've got to look for Jesus in all of Scriptures. It's not always easy to see. The connection is not always that clear. Uh, how Jesus is portrayed in the Old Testament, for example, but he's there. And there are many blessings that come when you read and hear Scripture searching for how is Jesus presented here. And the knowing him, the more you know him through Scriptures, the more you will be blessed and, and brought closer to him and be reassured that, in fact, he is your good shepherd. The Christian, the believer, who is not deeply come to know Jesus, does not search Scripture maybe like they should. They're the ones, when troubles come, will be full of fears and worries and consternation uh, because they have not learned how to trust Jesus. On the other hand, those who have learned, who have a deeper faith, when troubles come, they will be able to accept it with peace and tranquility and their life can run as smoothly as it can in this sinful world. Uh, <clears throat> this is what Jesus can do for those who listen to him in his word. Now, 
we have come to listen to him. We've come to appreciate him. But Jesus says, there are others out there. There are other sheep out there. And I want them gathered in too. He laid down his life for them because he laid down his life for all people. These people can benefit too from hearing his word and, and perhaps coming to believe in him. Not all will, but some will. Jesus wants to gather them. And oftentimes, these lost sheep out there will be most likely to listen to a friendly believer talk to them about Jesus and what Jesus has done for them. And you may be that friendly believer in the case of people around you who do not yet believe in him. We have come to know Jesus as a good shepherd and the blessings we have. Certainly we want others to come to know that, and we know Jesus wants that too. Yes, Jesus is the good shepherd like no other. In an absolute sense, he is the good shepherd. He not only risked his life, he actually did lay down his life for the sheep. Uh, he took his place to stand before the prey, the devil. And he did actually pay the price, suffered those consequences to pay for our sins, to rescue us from the devil. Then he took up his life again and broke the chains of death for us. And now he knows us, knows our thoughts, our needs, and he uses that knowledge to help us, to bless us, to give those things that we need. Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep, who knows his sheep, and will give us life eternal. For this we thank and praise him. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.